Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh. Dude. My friend. Dude, I just had this thought uh, as I was saying the words that we've said well over probably 90 times with the amount of retakes. Yes, I'm sure. 84 episodes that we've recorded. 84. Actually, I think there was even episodes in there we recorded we just never released because they were just bad. So maybe it's it's closer to 100 times that I've said that statement. Yeah, I just had the realization of I have no idea what I'm saying. <laughs> like, doesn't even occur to me the words that are coming out of my that's mouth. That's so funny. Uh, in, Dude. in that moment, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's what we say. That's crazy. That's a good line." <laughs> You are, uh, dude, you know how in Zoolander, it's like when the music is cued, he just starts walking. Like, yeah, I kind of feel that way where I'm like, and music's going and Josh is talking. Hey, we are this Jesus Life podcast. That's how I do <laughs> it, man. Oh, that's so funny. So funny. My brother, yeah, uh, for his senior photos, took uh, all of his pictures and was of his face was blue steel from Zoolander. Ah, <laughs> that's so good. Uh, he even has one so where he's good. like in a swing. <laughs> he's like, how, no. how dumb can I make yeah. these look? Oh, that's great, man. That's great. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. <clears throat> dude, how's, uh, funny, dude, how's your week going? I got, before I tell you, before I ask, I got to say, I've had quite a week, man. I started in PA, went to Nashville for like 24 hours, came back. I was like deathly sick a day before Nashville and had all kinds of bone broth and garlic and all these crazy remedies and felt amazing the next morning and went. And uh, dude, it's been a week. I'll tell you what. How's yours been? Pretty good. It's busy. you know, lots of things in 50 different directions going on that you try to manage. Then, then you get to the end of the week and you're like, I'm not sure I accomplished <laughs> anything helpful. Not sure <laughs> I helped in any 60 way. 60 hours or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those things. You're like, I don't know. Stuff That's was done. Fair. Nothing seemed to burn down. I think things are moving forward, but I'm not positive. That's kind of <laughs> one of those things. Yeah, things are still on fire. Maybe a little less. Uh, maybe not. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Dude, have you... Okay, if you were feeling sick and I offered you a warm mug of bone broth, how would you feel about that? Yeah, 100% gross. Yeah. Um, what is the other thing? Uh, I was watching something recently and they were eating bone marrow, which I know is like a delicacy right. and it tastes amazing, right. but right. couldn't do it. Like uh, yeah. everything, uh, just even thinking of the picture is going to make me throw up again. <laughs> That's well, no, you know, you. I've had bone marrow before and it's actually, it is super good. I've had bone marrow risotto. So I wasn't like scooping the marrow out. It was just already in the risotto and it was really good. But, um, dude, I, so I was feeling really bad the night before I was supposed to leave for Nashville. And like I had tested myself for COVID a couple times and like literally I I knew I was I knew it was a cold, you know, allergy based cold. But uh I had been like pounding tea and lemon water and taking medicine and all the stuff all day. Salt water gurgling, dude, eating raw garlic three times in that day. Mm. That was intense. 
Um, but it's like did you that just, works. Did you just Google weird hippie recipes to make you feel better? <laughs> no, I'm married to Jana, and she knows a lot of the stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I'm willing to try anything because I really, really wanted to go, and I'm really glad I did. Yeah. It was like a really great trip. It was short, but like really impactful. I can tell you about that later. But um, anyway, like yeah. But basically, I felt that way. I'm like, listen. I'll try about anything at this point because I felt like a dead man walking and eating the garlic was was terrible, but I think made a huge actually helped. Dude, right after I'd eaten my third piece of garlic for the day, like whole piece, third raw, piece of garlic. Oh my God. Straight up, dude. I had one in the morning, had one at noon and had one a couple hours before bed. Like the first one I almost threw up because I did not plug my nose. But uh, I learned if you pluck your nose, chew really quickly, and then start drinking water and just swallow it while you're still chewing, it's not so terrible. Oh. Dude, if you eat, ever eat a piece of garlic raw, always plug your nose. Otherwise, you will lose it. Like, I almost threw up every chew. It was it was bad that first time. It's but, the texture, too. Like, small chunks right? of garlic's fine, but I can only imagine, like... Oh, yeah. oh, no, thank you. Dude, yeah, it was a clove. You know, there's like the whole bulb, but then yeah. like single cloves. So I'm I just picture you eating like the bulb, like a, like a, <laughs> like an apple or something. You're just right, like you're right. Chunks out of it. Now, if like, it was roasted, I could do that. Or whatever they call it. If it was roasted, I could, I've actually had a roasted bulb of garlic before with like olive oil. And you like, yeah, but pick then it's it like out. creamy and like soft. exactly. That's a different. You world. pick it out and spread it on yeah. uh, on bread, and that's awesome. But dude, mm, raw garlic is intense. I'll tell you what. But after all that had happened, and it was like I don't know, like eight p.m., and I was like ready to go to sleep. You know, um, Jana had had just made this awesome uh, turkey bone broth because it was the day after Easter, and. Uh, Anyway, she's like, hey, she texts me. I think I went and showered or something. She texts me and it's like, uh, I got a hot mug of bone broth ready for you to drink. And I, I thought that sounded super gross. But uh, mm-hmm. I came out and I'm like, I told her I'd try about anything. So I took a sip of it, expecting it to like gross me out. Dude, I kid you not. It was like, I've thought about drinking bone broth a lot of times since that moment. I I like deeply enjoyed drinking straight up bone broth and uh and I'd do it again uh for sure whether I'm sick or not it was like it was really good man I wouldn't ever do that cold I don't think but but it was uh it was like a nice nice coffee temperature you know and I sat by the fire yeah. and drank my bone broth and oh, then fell gross. asleep it's even worse <laughs> I was picturing like maybe a shot of it just gulping down, not, no, not this dude. moment where you're going to enjoy it by the fire. Oh, no, dude. Did you, put some, whole, did you put some cream and sugar in it or just straight? No, bro. It was just straight. It was just straight. But my my throat had been hurting so bad all day that like that was the thing. I took one little sip and it tasted good. And then I realized like all of a sudden my throat didn't hurt at all i'm like this just i feel like a human again so yeah man i'm i'm gonna drink bone broth again in my life for sure (laughs) and i did it by the fire out of a mug a full 
mug. So yeah, man, that's my. Which I know, like bone broth in a lot of things. Like right. they cook with all it the best regularly, soup. so I get yeah. that. But yeah, but yeah, by itself, I don't know. Just the idea of even how it's made it solid. grosses me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just boil the, the bones in water co- with some solidify like that grosses me out. Right, um, right. Mm-hmm. Oh no, thank you. I don't know if I just lost Andrew again or a child came into the room, but he's gone. A uh, child. Yeah. Yeah. Well, might have some weird uh, noises, but you go ahead, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something we talk about pretty regularly here on the podcast is fostering our relationship with Jesus and our role in that process. And, um, you know, it's not our job to make all the necessary changes by ourselves uh, in our lives and to our character and becoming more like Jesus. You know, I think that's where Christianity gets exhausting. And we'll, actually, we'll actually even talk about that today uh, in this conversation, number five. But um, uh, our primary responsibility is to foster a relationship with Jesus and then be an active participant in that relationship. Um, so there's going to be things that Jesus is going to ask you to do and not do. Um, probably don't seem as overwhelming as maybe some of the sins that you're dealing with on a regular basis and seem to always come back. Um, the fact that, you know, trying to beat those off by yourself. Um, uh, but it all comes back down to fostering relationship with Jesus. So, you know, dwell is one of those tools that helps you do that. So maybe reading just ain't your thing. I get it. It's fine. Um, you know, you're probably more, uh, holy than the rest of us since, um, you know, that's how uh, Jewish custom, you know, passed down truth was oral. Um, so, you know, you're just, you're just being like the Jews um, with, with God. Uh, but Dwell is a Bible or app that actually reads the Bible to you uh, by people that are actually passionate and care about the, the Bible. So they read it in a way that's engaging. Um, and it's designed to really give, give you a jumping off point to continue that conversation with God. Um, so if you haven't had an opportunity to check out Dwell yet, um, I highly recommend it. Um, you can go to thisjesuslifepodcast.com forward slash Dwell um, and get your account today. Uh, but Andrew, dude, yeah. I don't know if you're back or if you're still I'm there. Back. But, back. dude, tell us about what we're in the midst of right now. Conversations. Dude, we're going through, if if you've listened to the past few weeks, you know. But uh, we're on Conversation 5. This is a, a tool uh, that we've been working through. Um, Josh, I forget the name of where this comes from. But it's a, it's a series of conversations meant to be one-on-one, you know, of like, this is how you get to know somebody. Um, Josh and I believe that like as Christians, we should be really great at relationship. Um, we believe this matters a lot because like the way you reach people with with the Lord is by showing them how you live and, and being good to them in relationship. Um, at least in my experience, that's, that's the most effective thing you can do. Um, so... This is a way that that we're trying to model basically like here's how you build a, a real relationship with somebody. Um, and also, here's how you build relationship with the Lord. Every question we're asking, you can apply directly to your prayer life. Uh, we have some cool biblical backing that goes along with these. So last week we talked about really like family origin stuff of like how did the way you grew up affect the way you see the world. This week, it's it's much more, um, how do you relate to Jesus? How do you relate to the work that Jesus did? And like, what's your relationship with the Lord? Like, the first question we're going to talk about is, how did you feel sitting there with Jesus? 
And there's a video we watched where it's like, okay, imagine yourself sitting in a room alone with a mirror in front of you. And on the mirror is written every, every sin from your life, every decision you made that you regret, like all the things you probably don't want to look at are sitting right there in front of you on a mirror. So you see yourself surrounded in this writing. And then Jesus comes in and starts to have a conversation with you and then talks about how like, yeah, I've taken that away. Like that's gone. Like that's some rough stuff, you know, like he sees it, understands it. And then, then kind of shifts to like, Hey, there's, there's grace, there's forgiveness. I don't see you as the sin. I see you differently than, than maybe you see yourself. So anyway, that's, that's a bit of background. And there's a couple rules in how to have these conversations. One that's really very important is, is confidentiality, you know, like keep it between yourself and the other person who you're building trust and relationship with. Josh and I are breaking that rule, obviously, because you're hearing a recording of it right now, if you're listening. Um, so because of that, knowing that we're doing this in, in what's a really a public manner, we, uh, you know, we, we're going to do our best to be vulnerable and honest, but there might be times along the this series where we have to kind of pull it back a little bit if we don't have permission from others to share as openly about something, or if it's just something that's like, yeah, I'm not cool with the world hearing that uh, yet. So keep that between uh, myself and God or myself and my trusted friends. So Anyway, I hope that's a good setup, Josh, but that's that's kind of where we're going today is like, how do you see yourself uh, in relationship with, with Jesus pretty much? Yeah, and the other part of this conversation too that um, I appreciate is it starts to, it starts to get into um, maybe some faulty thinking that we have about yeah. um, how we interact with God or how God sees us specifically. Um, and I think it's 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 where we find freedom. It's where we find, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't remember the words. Uh, it's still early in the morning for me, folks. <clears throat> yeah, kinda. Uh, it's where we find. Um, oh shoot, I had it too, and then you said forgiveness, and you you threw me off. Um, so this is 100% Andreana's fault now. Oh shoot, uh, man. This, Freedom, Just, restoration. I don't know. It's I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember the words, but it doesn't matter, I guess. Um, but like so much of Christianity feels exhausting when mm. we're doing it wrong, and often often it's because we have the wrong view of of God. We have the wrong view of how we interact with God. We have the wrong view of how God views us, um, and that's where that exhaustion comes from. And it doesn't have to be that way. Like it, it should feel like a light burden. Um, you know, it should feel extremely <coughs> fruitful. There's definitely going to yeah. be difficult um, things that Jesus asks you to do in the midst of it. Um, but because the weight of it doesn't sit on your shoulders, it sits on his shoulders. Mm. Uh, it's it's a lot easier um, to carry For sure. uh, unless we try to take control of the whole process and then it's exhausting. You know, it's a pretty big weight to carry on our own. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, after yeah, watching that video, I know you haven't had a chance to watch that video if you're listening, um, but you can always go to uh, our website uh, in our show notes for the show. You'll have a link to um, uh, purchase this exercise for lack of better term or experience uh, from Trueface, uh, trueface.org. 
we don't get any kickbacks from that one. I should reach out to them. It'd be sweet. Um, but it'd be worth, it'd be worth the 20 bucks or whatever it is it costs to, to download it and get yeah. those access to those videos and start having these kind of conversations, you know, with a trusted friend, because I think a, a good portion of it is a rewiring piece for you and your own mind and how you view certain things. Uh, but it's also a healing yeah. piece in the midst of that, you know, healing comes with rewiring oftentimes. Um, and then third, you know, being fully known by someone and knowing someone fully um, and starting to practice that type of community as Jesus, you know, desires us to have with, with one another um, yeah. is only going to kind of create a forest fire around you as it starts to spread. So good, good forest yeah. fire, one that brings life and destruction. One. Right, right, right. There's probably a yeah, better term than forest fire, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> So do, yeah. do you want to jump into that first question as you were sitting yeah. in the imaginary white room with white chairs right, uh, with right. a mirror in between you mirror. and mm-hmm. Jesus was there. What, uh, first off, what did Jesus look like? What was the color of his skin? Did he have hair? Right. Did he not have hair? Does he match the picture <laughs> that we put up on our walls? Uh, uh, or that's funny. is it completely different? And second, right. how did you feel sitting there having the conversation that was presented to us? Dude, I have no idea how Jesus looked. Um, <laughs> in my, of course, bearded, I'm gonna say fairly long Jewish. hair. A little bit <laughs> Jewish, strong, comely, carpenter, you know. Uh, yeah, man. Just like a, like a dude I'd want to hang out with is, is how it looks. Um, probably wearing a robe, which is weird because I'm sitting there and, you know, in chacos and jeans and, and walks this robed guy starts talking to me like he knows me well. Uh, I'm going to say chacos and jeans cause I'm wearing chacos and jeans. Uh, and I thought, and you, had I always to, think I thought of, you had to give up your chacos when you move out of the state of Colorado. I thought that was, a no, robe. I mean, you can take me out of Colorado, but you can't take Colorado out of me, you know? So, oh man, which I side note, I just wonder if I'm going to wind up back in Colorado someday. I've had this like weird sense. About I know that. you are. So, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably because There's you're sitting there praying like house, Andrew, so. uh, come, <laughs> come and bring your family back. You're in the church plant, which I don't know if God calls and just, me and just bring the in-laws cool. with you. Yeah. Right. Let them retire right. and then bring them That's with you. The thing is everybody actually loved <laughs> both sides of the family liked when we lived in Colorado better. Cause they're like, we love coming to visit Colorado. So now we don't have reason to, uh, but I digress oh. anyway. Um, dude, Which, what you just heard Andrew say was Andrew's families. Both of them believe that Colorado is <laughs> better than Pennsylvania. That's yeah. What I heard. And Ohio and Indiana. But when we were like, and yeah, Ohio, why don't right, you guys just all Sorry move out that. here? They're like, they're like, oh no, we can never do that. And we're like, what the heck? Like, come on. If you love it, like, be, yeah. Anyway, yeah, if you have enough, here, if you have enough grandchildren for them, you'll draw them in, Andrew. Just keep producing them. Well, not you producing keep, them, but do your just part. Go, go, Mennonite. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, so, other than sitting in what I can only imagine is an insane asylum, being all white uh, with a white chair and a mirror. Um, I'm just kidding, but that's how it sounds. Um, so, dude, yeah, uh, I can imagine sitting there for a few minutes and uh, and and feeling some regret, um, feeling some like, man, I'm looking at this picture, I'm looking at myself in this mirror, surrounded by all the things that I know are true that I shouldn't have done, 
you know, in my life, because in this moment, I can only imagine I'm like, you know, I imagine there will be something like this after we are physically dead. You know, um, I know there's there's forgiveness as as followers of Christ. I know there's redemption in that. But I personally still believe we might um, have a moment like this where we kind of understand all the ways we did and did not do God's will and and then have that, you know, forgiveness moment to understand what grace is all anew. So anyway, that's a bit of speculation. But yeah, man, I think I'd start to feel regret, um, maybe some shame, maybe some like, wow, I wish, wish I knew then what I knew now, you know, like I wish I would have, like I, I can always, even now I can look back a couple years and be like, why did I not know that? You know? Um, and if I was looking back at my whole life in a mirror, um, or myself and looking about all the ways that I kind of send in a mirror, be a hard moment, dude. Like that's not a, that's not an easy thing. So probably have some regret and shame is all I'm saying. And, uh, and then to to come in and have Jesus walk in the door, somebody I knew uh, deeply and that knew me fully um, would be like a, a weight lifted in a lot of ways. But then also maybe like, uh, I hope he doesn't look at the mirror, you know, like I can imagine that thought running through my mind, um, followed by like catching my breath when he looks right at it examines it, starts to talk about some of the things on there. And then, uh, then yeah, man, like that, um, that moment of like just huge relief, you know, like holding your breath, uh, waiting for like, and what's the verdict going to be, you know, like, was this too much? Um, but like huge relief followed by like real care, uh, real appreciation of, of grace, uh, received when Jesus is like, I already took care of all of this. You know, I don't see this when I'm looking at you. Uh, I see somebody who's already forgiven and loved and known fully in spite of uh, sin, you know, not not because of good works, uh, but in spite of sin, it's it's because of who you are and who you chose to follow. So I don't know. Hopefully that's a good answer. But that's that's uh, how I take the question. What about you, man? How do you feel in that that white room with the mirror? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll share from two perspectives because you know I've been on this journey for a handful of years now, so I know the right answer. Um, but you know, I, I think of like walking into the room for the first time, and, and maybe you even see the mirror. <clears throat> you don't recognize there's a bunch of stuff written on, but you see it. Uh, and then someone, you know, from the other room tells you to sit down in the chair right next to the mirror. Um, and then you look at the mirror and you're like, oh, oh crap. Or maybe it's more like, uh, that's interesting. That dude did the same thing I did. Uh, and you're like, and then you start to realize it's you and you're like, oh shoot. Uh, then it's that moment of like, you know, like, you know, you're in trouble, but you haven't been punished yet by your parents. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Just like in limbo. <laughs> Or you're like, oh, that sucks. Or like, you know, you're about to get caught, but you're not actually. Wait till your yet. dad gets it's like home. That moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh yeah. shit, it sucks. <laughs> um, it's kind of that moment. Um, but uh, something I appreciate the video saying, and and I think this is true, 
um, you know, when Jesus walks into the room and, and sits down next to you and, you know, sees the list, um, there's a, there's a chuckle in his voice, not because of what you've done, um, but there's a chuckle in his voice that this seems so overwhelming for him to overcome. And he's like, no, nah, I've, I've got this. Like, this is, this is nothing, Josh. Um, not nothing like what you've done is nothing, but this is nothing. I can, my, my right. sacrifice outweighs all that. Um, let me right. shatter this mirror for you kind of thing. Um, mm. I think that's a, a big piece. So it, it's this piece of like, and, and you said it too, is, you know, someone that walks into the room that you're, that, you know, fully knows you, um, and that you've engaged yeah. with for so long. Um, so it's not like you haven't talked about majority, if not all those things listed on those, that board at some point anyway. So it's, and if you haven't, then yeah, I think there's probably more shame and guilt in the midst of that. But you know, if you have a good, healthy confession life, um, talking with Jesus about those things, because it's important to talk to Jesus about those things. Um, maybe it's like inside jokes, not jokes, but like inside understandings. Um, cause I don't want to talk about sin in the light of jokes, but, uh, where, you know, you're like, Oh, you remember that season? <laughs> I remember that season. Right. Right. <laughs> He's like, I took care of that season. Remember how I got mm. you out of that season? You're like, yes. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Um, um, you know, remember, remember when I rewired some things in your brain. So that wasn't a season anymore. You're like, yes. Right. Thank you, Jesus. Um, right. So maybe if it's sitting there, like, not reunion because I feel like reunion is there's been time wait like time apart, um, but just like you know when a good buddy walks into the room and you're you're sitting there you you make eye contact and see each other and you're like yo dude what's up um, you know you give that that simple bro hug uh, which is hand in between uh, you know like a like you're holding their hand but in between you to keep a little bit of barrier so you're not like fully embracing um, because you know we don't want to be that guy. Uh, that kind of that bro hug piece. Um, maybe it, <laughs> right, right. Jesus, it's a little more intimate and you're, you're willing to go chest to chest. Uh, my brother once told me or asked me, um, this has nothing to do with this, but it made me think of this and I think it's funny. So I'll share it. Uh, I'll let you guess which brother, but um, asked me when he was like, I don't know, 16, maybe he goes, Hey, has, um, has your nipple nipple ever touched another man's nipple? <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> No, uh, uh, I can honestly say that's never happened. He's that's like, such a ass. funny that's question. Weird. <laughs> more than more than I wanted to know about you. Uh, oh, that's funny, man. It's funny. Oh, that's funny. <clears throat> but yeah, I, so I think there's two sides. I think there's a season in my life where like, yeah, I would have felt guilty. I would have felt an extreme amount of shame. I, I would have been nervous when Jesus walked in the room. Um I would have felt like everything that was on that board identified me uh, as a horrible person, um, which we all are if we really think about it. But, you know, thank you, Jesus, for what he did that, you know, we're a new creation now. But um, so I, I think and then the other side of it is, you know, understanding what I understand today that I wish I understood a decade ago. You know, Jesus loves me. Jesus' identity isn't attached. The identity Jesus gives me is not attached to my behavior. Um, you know, I'm his no matter what. Um, that I get to live in that truth. And, you know, he wants to walk with me to shape and mold me into who he's called me to be. But um, that's a process and it, it takes time. And as much as we may want it to happen overnight, we have to give ourselves grace because Jesus already gave grace um, and not worry about what other people think is usually the, the big issue. You know, we're, we're living this life for those that are watching our lives, not for our own life and for, for our relationship with Jesus. But mm. Yeah. <clears throat> So both That's sides, cool. I get it. I see them both yeah. and understand yeah. it. Been there, mm-hmm. but man, this side, 
so much easier to do this life with Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. Mm, like, yeah. I, I would never go back. No, thank you. Dude, something, a cool supporting scripture around this conversation is Second Corinthians 5, 17. Um, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Um, man, I, I love that verse uh, and wanted to read it because like, that's, that's how I believe on all my best days. That's how I believe God sees us as new creations. Um, on my worst days or on my days that aren't, aren't my best, uh, I do kind of slip back towards that. Like, shoot, I hope I'm doing well enough. I hope I'm, uh, I hope I'm living fully the way I should. I, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I believe it in my heart, uh, but sometimes I forget it with my head and slip back towards that. Like, I just need to give more effort. I have to double down on this. I can do this. I can choose that, whatever, like that white knuckling mentality we've talked about. Um, but yeah, man, it's a, it's a good thing to know. Like God views us as new creations, you know, uh, people, who have chosen to follow Christ um, sees us as a new creation. We are a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come, you know? So anyway, just wanted to call that out before yeah. we go a little bit further in this conversation. Cause it, it matters pretty deeply of like, are Andrew and Josh just making all this stuff up? Like, no, like there's actually quite a lot. Yes. Yes, in the Bible. Yeah. 98% yeah. of what we say is made yeah. up. <laughs> but there's actually, there is quite a lot in the Bible about how God views us. And you can look up identity in Christ verses. You can Google that if, uh, if you've never looked into that, or if you heard me talk about that just now and is like, no, Andrew's way wrong. That's a super wrong take on all of this. Maybe could be. Um, but there's also a lot of, uh, of good stuff to be found in like, how does how does God see us in light of Christ and what Christ did? So just wanted to call that out before we yeah. kind of keep plugging along for sure. No, that's good. Well, I think this is this is good too. This is Ephesians one, uh, four through six. Um, and it's right along with this conversation. I think it sets us up for the next questions too. But um, even as he chose us before the foundation of the world, um, this is God, um, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Let that sink in for a second. Um, hmm. Holy and blameless before him. Um, in his in love, he predestined us as, uh, for adoption to himself as sons or daughters through Christ Jesus. Like, let that sink in for a second, that you're a right. son or a daughter of the most high, like right. that gives you authority. That gives you place on the throne. Um, yep. Don't think of this from like a power standpoint. That's not helpful. Uh, but think of this as a position standpoint of like, Oh, you're yeah. in the family yeah, of I'm the God. King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and according to the, per- according to his, uh, to the purposes of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, um, in which he has blessed us, um, in the beloved in Jesus. I don't know what version of scripture that is, but um, sure, I, I think it's worth worth putting out there. Like that's that's a big deal, um, especially the holy and blameless. I don't know about you, but I don't mm. feel innocent. <laughs> like, right, it's not a normal emotion um, that comes through because you're like, yeah, all the all the wrongs that I've caused people throughout the day, you know, the times that I was short with them, the times that I didn't fully see them, the times that I didn't engage, the times that I was harsh, um, whatever it happens to be. 
um, for you, but like, I don't feel blameless, but that's what Jesus did on the cross. Like he took, he took the blame. Mm. Uh, yep. and he took on, uh, the, the, the role of forgiving, um, as the sacrifice. And like, we get to now live in that. Like, that's a, that's a big deal. So most of us don't feel wholly blameless. Most of us at least don't feel the emotion of being a son or a daughter. Like maybe from a head knowledge, if you spent any time in the church, you're like, yeah, I get it. Um, but not from a position or security standpoint, we don't feel that emotion. Uh, right. I, I think that's worth, worth doing some work on your own to kind of think through and process through um, what it is. I believe, because this is the new creation that Andrew was talking about, or yeah. I guess Paul was talking about with the Corinthians that Andrew quoted. Um, right. Like that, that's the piece of it. Um, like you are a new creation that the old is gone. The new has, has come to pass. Um, or come come into existence, I should say, not past. Yeah, like that's you. You have a lot more access to things that you probably didn't realize you had access to before. Right, right, dude. Maybe we should. Uh, maybe we should combine questions two and three in light of this. Uh, what we just talked about. Question two is like: Do these truths align with what you were taught? What you were taught, or what you learned when you were younger? Um, but they're referring to what we just talked about. And and question three says, why is it harder to fully accept who Jesus says we are as new creations instead of wanting to work to clean up our mess in order to get closer to him? I feel like we could yeah. probably weave in like, how did you, how did you learn about this when you were younger or not? Um, mm-hmm. And, and, you know, is it harder to accept these things or not? So I don't know if you want to go or I I I don't have fully thought. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. I I think from, from a salvation standpoint, the evangelical church and evangelical families um, have a good grasp on this piece that, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing you can do um, to, to live perfect enough. Well, the fact that you're just not going to live perfect is is more the way, better way to say that. Um, Like, and there's nothing you can do to earn God's love or God's forgiveness. Um, like sin has separated you like it's it's a chasm um, but jesus providing the way through his sacrifice and resurrection um has given you now access to god and the forgiveness of your sins uh, we we get that piece right the problem mm-hmm. becomes for most christians is that feels way too passive for us after the fact um, mm-hmm. like it feels like i'm not doing enough um there's still sin in my life and i have to deal with all this sin um you know, we're, we're taught in churches that like, um, you have to, you have to conquer this sin. You have to you know be held accountable to all these things. Like we grab all these handful right. of verses from 15 different places, um, to kind of portray this image of like, it's this behavior modification that has to happen. And, and you even see this in like the judgments in our own minds of like, when we see people come into, to our communities and we're like, Oh, like they're dealing with that or, Oh, they're whatever. Um, like they need to clean up their act or I'm having conversation with, with some you know family friends um, about you know people serving in the church that were living together uh, and that they shouldn't be allowed to even be ushers and you're just like you don't like come on <laughs> like you've got plenty of sins on your own like that's the thing that you're gonna put sure don't put them in leadership you're living in living in direct defiance of God's will but um, like it's those kinds of things that like I don't think it's like it is directly said at times but I think oftentimes it's just indirect behavior that we just learn. Um, that like, oh no, I have to put on this. And then you get in this weird world where you're putting on these masks and these images of who you think, 
um, people want to see you as a good Christian. So you're, and that becomes exhausting because it's not the real you, right? You're, you're trying to create a facade of something that isn't true and that gets exhausting. So I, I think we're taught these things. Sure. That it happens directly at times, but I think oftentimes it's more indirectly that we get taught this idea that yes, you are a new creation. We believe that because scripture says that to be true. Um, but at the same time, like, come on, like, you know, a lot of crap that you need to clean up and figure out like, this is, this is kind of crazy. And that you're still dealing with these same things. Um, and then, you know, we feel like we're not enough. Um, and we feel like we're, we're actually a crappy Christian. So we hide the fact that we're a crappy Christian and create, create these facades of something that's not true. Um, and we even do all the right. right behaviors because we know that's, this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to read the Bible. We're supposed to pray. We're supposed to go to church. We're supposed to give to the church. We're supposed to serve and all of these things. Um, so we do all these things. And then, you know, you get to these places where like, it doesn't feel like it's enough or, um, you feel like you must've did something wrong along this path. So now you're being punished for these things. Um, and now you got to try even harder next time around for the next day. Um, like I used to have this, this idea, um, and it's, it's old covenant thinking, but, um, you know, um, I'm trying to remember where it was now, but um, essentially your your mercies are renewed every morning. You know those verses, Andrew? I don't right, know right. Yeah, I, I don't know. Probably... His mercies are new every morning. That yeah, yeah. I don't know exactly. But I used to think is, I used to have yeah. this idea of like, if you screwed up enough, like just give up on the day. <laughs> like his mercies will be renewed. Call tomorrow. it a day. We'll just ah, we'll just funny. start over. That's funny. Like it's yeah, like, right. I've screwed right. up today. Like I'm not going to be used by God all today because I've screwed up too many times. I'll just wait till tomorrow. <laughs> But like you're missing out on opportunity for God to use a broken vessel, uh, right. a broken you know person that yeah still has sin um, that that needs to be get you know needs to be dealt with, but at the same time um, is missing out on opportunities to be used right. by God because you've convinced yourself you're you're broken for the day and you have to start over um, tomorrow, um, and you only have so many days, so let's not waste any of them. Even if you do feel like you've screwed up too many times, um, Jesus is already forgiven; He's taken care of. Um, have those conversations of why, but, um, you know, move on, move, move forward. Don't, don't let this keep messing you up. Right. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts before we keep going? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I, I, I had thoughts like that. I used to, one rule in my mind when I was little was, um, you know, the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do, do unto you. Well, I flipped that. And if somebody was a jerk to me, I felt total justification to be a jerk back to them because I'm like, obviously they want me to do what they're doing <laughs> back to them. You know, like as a, a as a kid, I remember explaining that to my mom. <laughs> She's like rolling her eyes, like, no, that is not <laughs> is not how it goes at all. Um, you know, like yeah, it says love your neighbor as yourself, and uh, they were a total turd to me. So justifies me being a turd back to them. Like, no, that's not how that works. Um, but I get it. And that's like, you know, when you grow up in the church, you can uh, find yourself being pretty religious. And that's kind of how I define being religious is having rules like that, where you're, uh, you're looking for loopholes very actively and uh, saying, I'm not going to take the heart of what's said here. Going to take the exact words and uh, do nothing more than that. But yeah, man, it's uh, it's harder to accept this idea of being a new creation, especially especially in moments when I'm falling 
into things that are old in me and that are sinful in me. Um, that's, that's a moment where I'm like, are you sure I'm a new, new creation, you know? And is that, is that real? Um, I, yeah, it's something that, that I have to, you know, my, my nature is not necessarily my nature, but my bent is being like, how can I be in control of this thing? How can I affect it with my action? Um, how can I make this choice on my own? You know, my, my natural bent is not to like say, how can I rely on God to provide, to, to give discernment, to give wisdom, to, to fill this void, to fix this problem. Like my, my natural is to jump towards like, well, what can I do on my own? What decisions can I make on my own? Uh, rather than like, no, I'm a new creation. God views me this way. Um, I should go in front of God first. I should trust that he has a plan and action that's going to work out. Like, I don't know. So, so yeah, that's how this strikes me is, I guess, similar to you is it, it takes work to, re, it takes reminding myself or listening to the Holy Spirit to remind me that I'm actually a new creation to believe it because I'm kind of quick to slip yeah. into uh that not being the case in my mind. So, yeah. yeah. And I, I get how we get there, right? Like, mm-hmm. especially from, you know, put yourself as a child growing up in your parents' home, like behavior um, right. is what's taught, right? Like they're trying to teach you how to behave. Right. The problem becomes is when we relate that same methodology to how God interacts with us, like God's not in the behavior game. God's in the character right. game. And Character is really hard to judge until it manifests itself. Um, so we don't go down those roads as humans because it's like I can't put my hand on anything, right? Like I can't say, well, his character's like, I don't know what his character's like until it manifests itself into behavior. But God's not playing the behavior game. He, he, like he doesn't care you know, your actions. He cares about your character. Um, and right. his goal in this life, and we talked about this sanctification process, this process of making more like him. Yes, there's a there's a result of our character, the behavior, but but what God's trying to change is our character. Um, that's the work right. that He's doing. When we're having right. when we're fostering a relationship with Jesus and the conversations that we're having with Him and the things that He's bringing up and the things that He wants us to talk through, whether they're you know thought patterns that we've had in the past or be, you know things that we've done, the experiences that we've had, whatever it is that, that God's talking to us in that season, like He's trying to get a character change. Um, so He's putting you in right. in. In, in situations where you're processing and thinking through these things um, to rewire some faulty thinking to change your character. Um, and then behavior follows suit afterwards. The problem that we get into and what we teach often is we teach the behavior piece, like do this, don't do that, live by this rules. And then when your behavior doesn't, when your behavior outpaces your character, things are mm. going to implode at some point because you can't keep up with mm. that. Yeah. Right? Like it's just, inevitable like this is why we see so much moral failure in the world today um and in the christian church today is because yeah Mm. you've you've created this behavior that doesn't match your character and eventually yeah it's going to implode on itself because one you can't keep it up two your pride's going to take over and think you deserve something you know deserve things you don't actually deserve um or you know it's just going to get so much of a burden and a weight on you that you're just going to eventually say f it i deserve this i'm out um and you're going to give into whatever right but when we when we 
when we're changed by Jesus in the midst of our character, like except in the fact we're new creations, we have new access to tools and power that we didn't have before. Meaning we now have power over sin in our lives. Doesn't mean we're going to conquer all 50 sins that we deal with on a regular basis in that moment. Um, like there's a maturity piece that's going to have to happen where Jesus continues to shape that character, um, to get us to those places. Um, and it's not a moment in time. Like it's, kind of overwhelming to think I have to deal with all 50 sins right now in this moment, right? Like if I'm looking at at the mirror and I'm like, holy crap, there's a lot of things on there that I probably still do on a regular basis. Um, you know, and like the overwhelming thing of like, I got to deal with all this stuff. Like it, it becomes a lot less overwhelming when I, when I recognize that, no, I'm a new creation. I have a new position. I'm a son uh, of the most right. high. Um, Jesus right. has saved my my. Uh, save me from my sin as that's as that sacrifice needed but he's also conquered death so i can have new life um, and have that new life starting now not just for my eternity um, and that new life is how i get to now interact with god as a forgiven you know person um, and start talking about the hard things about life um, so jesus can start rework you know rewiring and working things about me so i can have a new character and then eventually my behavior follows suit to my character. But I think too often us as Christians, we flip that and we, we say things like, no, if you do these things, you'll eventually your character will change. And that's just not true. Like as much as we love to believe that our behavior changes right. our character. Um, and right. you know, there's plenty of secular and Christian, you know, thought leaders that, that preach that it's just not true. The science doesn't add, like, doesn't hold up. We see too much failure in this world for that to be true. Um, like let Jesus right. change your character, which means right. it comes back to, you got to foster a relationship with Jesus. That's got to be your sole primary responsibility in this life is foster yep. relationship with Jesus right there with it, um, is foster relationship with people like this is how we love God and love people. Um, we foster yeah. relationship and the character piece starts to change and our behavior will follow suit. But when we flip those things, yeah, we don't feel like new creations. We feel like there's too many things we have to fix. Yeah. We don't sit in our, um, you know, position as sons and daughters of Christ. Um, like we, we take on too much responsibility on ourselves to, to clean up this mess when all reality, Jesus never asked us to take on that responsibility. He asked us to be an active participant in that you know right. process as he takes on that responsibility. Um, right. And, you know, if you're sure, if you're not, if your behavior is not changing over, you know, a course of a year, then yeah, there's a character piece at play. And I would argue you probably not walking with Jesus. Um, I would guess you probably struggled to remember where you had a real honest conversation with Jesus. Um, mm -hmm. And that's probably why you're not seeing more fruits of the spirit in your life, you know, today yeah. than you were a year ago. Um, it's that's a fostering fair. relationship issue. Um, yeah. Or, you know, maybe you are talking with Jesus, but you're not listening. So you're just doing the talking. It's a lecture series. And Jesus is like, yeah. dude, I'll let you talk until you're ready to listen. And let me know. Right. Right. Um, I'm still here. And probably has, you know, a smirk on his face because I assume God is as sarcastic as I am. Uh, he's like, yeah. one day you'll figure it out. Oh man. Yeah. I don't know. He definitely has a good sense of humor. That's for sure. Um, dude, this, uh, I, I think we should, I think we should pause it there. Um, only because we started a little bit late and, uh, but anyway, all that to say something that you said that I know you reiterated it, but I wanted to bring it up again. Cause it just really struck me as being like pretty awesome is that, um, uh, Basically, like when your behavior outpaces your character, it always catches up at some point. And uh, man, like th there's so much wisdom in that uh, and because we see the results of that a lot, you know, and and the better route is always like, no, just lean into 
God, lean into your relationship with the Lord. Let him be the the driving force in changing your character. Like start there. And then over time, uh, your behavior just follows what's already there. You know, it starts to look more and more like uh, like he wants it to look. Um, so anyway, man, it's uh, that's an awesome point that you just made and just wanted to call it out like so, so good. So anyway, man, yeah, thanks for sharing that that wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're sitting there like trying to wrap your head around these ideas, I think there's three statements that are worth digging into with Jesus if you don't feel like they're true. Um, one is that you're a beloved child or a beloved son or daughter, however you want to word it, um, that you're holy, meaning you are now set apart and you are now forgiven. Like you're, you're, you're cleansed. You're as scripture says, white as snow. Um, and then the last one is that you're fully forgiven. Um, like if, if those hit you in wrong ways where you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm not that, um, have that conversation with Jesus. Um, dig into that. Um, ask him, Hey, why, why do I not? feel like I'm holy or why do I not feel like I'm fully forgiven? Why do I feel like, um, you know, um, you're holding this against me or whatever, whatever it is. Like you can go through those things, but have all those honest conversations with Jesus. And I think there's a lot of healing that's, that, that, that is had when we can get to those places and those statements are true um, when we say them. And they're not true because of anything you've done. Like, let's just be very clear about that. Um, like, you're not holy or forgiven because of anything you've done, um, but because of what Jesus did and gave you access to. You're not a beloved son or daughter because of anything you've done, um, but the fact that that Jesus went to the cross to restore relationship, um, you know, through the forgiveness of sins. Um, like, dig into those things, have those conversations. It's worth having it over and over again. I'm really digging into like, am I, do I really feel like a beloved son? Do I really feel like I'm holy? Do I really feel like I'm fully forgiven? Not just forgiven, not just like, oh yeah, Jesus forgave me, but like the things that you've done, let the weight hit you of what you've done and then realize Jesus is taking care of it. Like it's, it's, it's done. It's forgiven. It's taken care of. It's washed from God's mind. Um, like, as far as the East is from the West, it's done and taken care of live in that truth. Um, and then allow that place to be your identity. Um, so you can start doing the, the work that Jesus is going to call you to, um, and lead you through as he starts to adjust and change your character, um, and mature you into the full creation of what God's created you to be. And not just the beginning of this process at self that we find at salvation. Um, but keep, keep moving down that road. If you need to have a conversation with somebody about it, have a conversation with somebody about it. Maybe you're missing something and you're just not hearing God on it. Then, you know, use, use the Christian community that's around you. That's what it's there for um, to start being the voice box of God for you um, until you can get to that place and that place of rewiring healing that, you know, God can, you can hear God speaking to you already um, as he's already doing. So dig into those things. Are you, do you feel like you are a beloved child? Do you feel like you are holy? Um, and do you feel like you are fully forgiven? Um, and part of this goes back to our conversation last week, which we talked about, um, excuse me. Um, we talked about, uh, our family or origin stories. Sometimes we don't feel like we're beloved because of our family origin stories. Sometimes we feel like an absolute failure, um, and that God could never forgive me cause I'm just, you know, I'm broken. Um, and, in the you know worst of ways because of the the lies that um, maybe your your family has has poured into you um, your entire life, especially during your formative years. Um, like it, it's worth 
you're going to dig into hard places to get to the root of a lot of those things. And it's going to be hard conversations with God that feel extremely exposing. Um, but it, this is, this is the Christian life. Like this is what Jesus wants. This is you know, when, when, um, 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 when, when Jesus talks about the story or John talks about the story of, you know, people getting before, you know, judgment. Um, and so they look at all the great things we've done for you. And, and Jesus says, but I, I never knew you away from me. Like, I, I don't know who you are. This is what he's talking about. It's because we never chose to foster a relationship with Jesus. We played the behavior game and we thought that's all God wanted from us. In all reality, he wanted relationship. And in the midst of that relationship, he wanted to see character change um, that he was going to lead the process through as you as an active participant. Um, but it's not all on you. This life should feel full of hope. This life should feel um, full of excitement. This life should be an adventure. This life should be um, abundant. Um, not in you know monetary or, or physical gain, but abundant in relationship and abundant uh, in purpose and abundant in a meaningful way of doing this life. Yeah. Um, but if it's not feeling that way, if it's feeling a burden, it's feeling exhausting, it's feeling like it's just too much, you can't keep going on like this, um, it's because you're doing it wrong. Um, you've taken too much reins from Jesus. He never asked you to take. He, you take it, you've taken on too much pressure from Jesus. He never asked you to carry. Um, and he just wants you to foster a relationship with Jesus. And in the midst of that relationship, walk with him and do what he says. Um, he's going to take you to places you never thought you'd go. Your character is going to change in ways that you never thought was possible. You're going to love people in ways that, in sacrificial ways that you never thought you had in yourself. And you're going to be 100% fully uh, in love with Jesus in a way that, that nothing shakes you in this world. It takes time to get there. It doesn't happen overnight. I wish it did. Life would be so much easier if it did, um, but it doesn't. Uh, it takes time. This is a journey. Don't skip any steps along the journey and fake it because eventually you're not going to be able to sustain it and it is going to fall apart. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Andrew, I don't remember if you're still there. You told me you were leaving. Uh, I can see that you're muted, but I love you, brother. As love you always, too, my friend. Good to hear Peace. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer to your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.